0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. I hope you've had a great Fourth of July weekend. For many, it's still in progress, so thanks so much for uh, tuning in. By the way, I'd like to welcome a new audience with an existing broadcasting partner, CSN International Radio. Washington Watch is now available across the country on CSN at 8 p.m. Pacific time each day and again on Saturdays at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'd like to give a special thanks to Shannon Sculton and Mike Stevens for making this possible. So welcome to all of our new listeners on the CSN network. All right. This weekend, we uh, as we celebrated the 245th birthday of America, we did so as a growing chorus of those on the left are, you know, claiming that uh, 1776 was a forged birth certificate for our nation, that America's founding was actually in 1619. And rather than a nation that saw all men endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, it really was founded as a racist nation. So today, we take a look at two competing narratives in America. The New York Times 1619. Frankly, uh, that should be a disqualifier right there coming from The New York Times. But anyway, we're going to have a conversation. The New York Times 1619 Project and the former Trump administration's 1776 Commission, two competing narratives. Well, I'm with the latter, just so there's no mistake. But I think you need to know what's going on. And, of course, uh, I'm not going to do this by myself. I'm going to bring in experts to help us take a look at this, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, former secretary of uh, HUD, is going to be joining us. And Mike Gonzalez, senior fellow at Heritage Foundation, both of them served on the 1776 Commission and continue to do that outstanding work. So we're going to talk with him here in just a moment. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on the free speech platform of GAB, it's at Tony underscore Perkins. All right. And. And. Uh, let me, let me give you one more plug. All right. We just launched. Uh, and by the way, thanks so much to, uh, to all of those who uh, financially stood with us as we came up to the end of our fiscal year, June 30th. Uh, so the end of uh, middle of last week. Uh, we are grateful for each and every partner who is standing with us so this program can continue all across America and literally now around the globe. So thanks so much for being a partner with FRC. One of our initiatives is our Worldview Center, a Center for Biblical Worldview. And if you would like to uh, find out more about how you can look at these issues from a biblical perspective, here's here's what I want you to do. Text the word worldview, that's worldview, to 67742. That's 67742, okay? Now, um, if you... uh, Want to find out more about the terms of our texting, go to frc.org slash text for terms and conditions and our privacy policy. But text the word worldview to 67742, and uh, you'll be able to be a part of getting this information on all of these issues from a biblical perspective. All right, many Americans seem to have uh, a diametrically opposed version of of uh, our versions of the of American history. Increasingly. You know, it used to be it was very subtle that there was this rewrite of American history. I, I one of the hobbies I have is I collect books, um, most of them uh, in the late 1800s prior to the twentieth century, um, because that's when a real rewrite of American history, most of the books I have are about history or government. And you, you saw a very subtle shift in this rewrite of history. Well, now it's not subtle. It's it's open. It's blatant. And we've seen it in this uh, 1619 project of The New York Times. Unfortunately, the Trump administration, the president got it. Some people went to him and said, look what's happening. And so he pushed back with the 1776 commission, although shut down by Biden, it has gotten some traction. So here to, to let's uh, to, here to help me examine this and look a little deeper at what is really taking place in our culture in America. Mike Gonzalez, senior fellow, the Douglas and Sarah Allison Center for foreign policy uh, at the Heritage Foundation. Mike, uh, welcome to Washington Watch.
1: Uh, Tony, it's great seeing you again. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, thanks for taking uh, time out of your holiday to, to be with us. Um, let's start with the 1619 project. Here, I thought, You know, I thought I was celebrating the 1776 as the birth of the nation here for 245 years. I now found out we had it wrong, Uh, 1619, according to the New York Times.
1: Yeah, I think you put it exactly right. These are two diametrically opposed visions of the country. One, uh, the 1776 view, which we're celebrating, uh, celebrates America and what's best about it, celebrates our ideals. Uh, ideals, by the way, that when we have aspired to live up to them, have solved all our problems. Ideals that have attracted about a hundred, uh, about 150, I think, a hundred million immigrants, over a hundred million immigrants since 1850, including myself. Uh, uh, ideals that have made this country a superpower and, a, and, 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 and an inordinate experiment in liberty. Prosperity and human flourishing. The other view is hideous, is an America that is hideous. Everything about it is ugly, but especially its laws, its institutions, and, and the real target here, it's capitalist system. Capitalism is just a fancy word for the freedom to own things, the freedom to, to have individual private property. I own this, and I am able to sell it to you after you and I agree on a price. According to the Marxist view, and this is at bottom in Marxist undertaking, uh, that, that creates uh, slavery. The fact that we're able to, to individually own property, exchange it, leads to capitalism, and capitalism inexorably leads to a lot of ills. So this is what is happening here. It's an attempt, and I published a book last year titled The Plot to Change America. This is an attempt to change America, and they start at the very beginning by changing how we view it. Because we conservatives understand what Edmund Burke said, that in order for a country to be loved, the country needs to be lovely. And the the left wants to tear that down. And that is what 1619 is about, Tony.
0: Mike, as I I made a reference to earlier, I mean, there have been those that have been working to revise history for a long time, but it's been (laughs) subtle. Uh, This clearly is not subtle. In fact, the New York Times, uh, the magazine when this was rolled out in August of 2019, uh, made very clearly, quote, aims to reframe the country's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the cont- contributions of Black Americans at the very center of U.S.'s na- the U.S. Uh, the United States' national narrative. End quote. Um, so, I mean, it, it completely reframes our history, and there's no question that uh, America is made up and has been successful because of the contribution of a wide range of people, including African-Americans, including Hispanics, including a whole host of people. That's who America is. I mean, we're a, we were a you know a melting pot at one time. Now, instead of out of the, the many one, we're now you know, trying to tear apart out of the one, create many. Um, why w- – what has changed so that they can be so blatant – in pushing this rewrite of history right in front of our faces and they're not challenged.
1: Well, it began very subtly, as you said, with Howard Zinn in 1980, People's History of the United States. He painted an America uh, that, again, uh, could do nothing right. Uh, even the Civil War uh, was something that had oppressed the working class Irishman of New York, according to Howard Zinn. Um, so, Look, the reason for this is what we're debating at the moment here in the United States, critical race theory. It begins with critical theory. A a bunch of Marxist Marxist scholars in Europe, in Germany, uh, begin to ponder in the 1920s and 30s why communism at that point had not succeeded except in a backward part of Europe, uh, Russia, why it had failed in Germany and Italy. And they thought that the reason for that was that the economic determinism of the Soviet Union of Marxism so far had been wrong, uh, that you cannot the working class would rather work really hard assiduously at changing its 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 uh, its its living status at becoming the bourgeoisie than at, at overthrowing the bourgeoisie. That with capitalism it was really easy to change your station in life. Uh, so they 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 worked. They they came up with these ideas how to make Marxism cultural. They referred to the the economic determinism as vulgar vulgar Marxism. Then they came to the United States. And here in the United States, after a stage of of having critical legal theory in the 1970s and 80s, uh, law professors of color uh, who were Marxists created critical race theory, which makes everything about race, sees everything through the prism of race, divides us through identity politics into categories of the oppressed and the oppressor, and, and attempts to change America through such a paradigm uh, and that is why you need to, to to once you create the categories of depressors you need to to in you need to to to, to, to indoctrinate the members of the categories uh, of the of the of the oppressed categories the members of the victimhood categories with the idea that the country is evil that they have grievances and that they rather than, than work to 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 better they're a lot in life individually that should work collectively through the categories to completely transform the country this is exactly what is happening
0: so when you you look at this sixteen nineteen project and then you know critical race theory and how it's getting into i mean accelerating i mean it's it's working its way into our schools our classrooms all across America even in conservative areas you're finding this in the uh, the classroom, of course, being driven in large part by the National Association of uh, Educators, or NAE, um, that is, you know, I mean, they're they're pushing this, and they're, and I think they've even come after you, come after Heritage for blowing the whistle on critical race theory.
1: Yeah, they just came out uh, uh, late last week saying they were going to take the the fight to us. <laughs> you know what? Sure. Uh, we're very happy, very proud of the work we're doing, uh, making Americans, uh, you know, happy, helping Americans understand critical race theory. But this, there's something here, uh, Tony, that is happening. I've been I've been crisscrossing the country lately. I was just in Denver. I was just in Waukesha, Wisconsin. I went to Loudoun County, Virginia. I went to Austin, Texas. Just in the space of a month, um, and this is a grassroots opposition. The reason why, as you rightly said. Uh, this has exploded now. Critical race theory had remained dominant inside the campus for a couple of decades, nearly three decades. But, but even though it dominated inside the campus, especially in the area of civil rights, it had not been able to have much impact on public policy. It had begun a little bit uh, in the, over the last four or five years. To enter the realm of K through 12 education, especially in places like New York, but but it had not really taken over. Then we have 2020. We had the 1619 project in in 2019, and then you have 2020 with the tragedy of George Floyd's death and then the deft use of that video by Black Lives Matter organizations that are led also by Marxists who want to change the country, and they completely transform the country. They have a great deal of impact. The, the, the media.
0: Uh, Mike, we're up against a break, but I want to come back on the other side of this break, and I, I, and I want to talk about how do we counter that? How do, how do parents, how do citizens and educators uh, counter this narrative that is being pushed through critical race theory and in the broader narrative under the 1619 Project? You know, silence can be taken as acquiescence. Uh, and if we're silent, if we stand on the sidelines, look, they they mean business. If we want to protect the country, protect our history, and secure our future, I think it's time to speak up. And so I'm going to ask you to help our listeners know how to do that, how to detect this critical race theory in their schools and what to do about it. All right, folks, uh, stick with me. Mike Gonzalez is going to be back on the other side of the break, and then Dr. Ben Carson will be joining us as well. Don't go away.
2: What is Roe v. Wade and what did it do? The Supreme Court's 1973 decision ruled that abortion is protected under the U.S. Constitution, striking down many state abortion restrictions and severely limiting the extent to which states could write their own abortion laws. The Supreme Court's limitations on states to legislate abortion restrictions depends on the trimester of a pregnancy. For instance, Roe disallows states from restricting abortions in the first trimester, but allows some restrictions on abortions in the third trimester. What Roe doesn't do is require states to have any restrictions. Abortion through all nine months of pregnancy is the default unless Congress or the individual states pass laws restricting it. That leaves a lot of room for unrestricted abortions. For a full explanation of how Roe v. Wade liberalized abortion laws, go to FRC.org explainer. That's FRC.org explainer. After the recent wave of media censorship, are you struggling to find a conservative, relevant, and Christian platform where you can find out what's really going on? Here at Family Research Council, we believe that Americans have a right to exercise their freedom of speech and share their stories with the world. If you're ready to hear the facts that the left doesn't want you to know about, then head over to frcblog.com to check out our latest blog posts. We cover a wide range of issues you and your family care about, all written by our policy, government affairs, and biblical worldview experts. We discuss topics that other media platforms won't, like changes in pro life policy, current events that affect Christians internationally, sexuality from a biblical perspective, and insights into the bigger picture of the shift in American culture. To stay up to date on current news related to faith, family, and freedom, visit FRCblog.com. That's FRCblog.com.
3: Would you like to spend more time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible with their Stand on the Word Bible reading plan. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading with an intentional focus of diving deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues. By studying the Bible, we can see the grandeur of God unfold throughout the past. This reading plan takes you through the Bible as events happen in history. Laying out the scripture every day in an engaging manner, it is key to helping us stay grounded in God's truth. All wisdom comes from God, and he has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. Start reading today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we text you every Sunday with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org. bible you.
0: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Thanks so much for uh, being with us on this uh, extended July 4th weekend. Um, I hope you're still celebrating. In fact, I think we should celebrate throughout the year the freedoms that we have. And as we celebrate, uh, we need to protect them. And That's what we're talking about today. Mike Gonzalez. Heritage Foundation senior fellow, Douglas and Sarah Allison Center for Foreign Policy, a member of the uh, 1776 Commission. Mike, thanks so much for uh, sticking around through the break. Uh, a couple of questions. We just got a, a, about seven minutes, and I want to get to try to get to the means as possible. But I want to go back just very quickly to the 1619 project. What was the biggest flaw when you look at the New York Times 1619 project? and their understanding of America's founding.
1: Our biggest flaw? I thought that actually, I'm very proud of the work we did. And no, uh, no I'm going to go
0: back to the, the 1619 Project, their oh, flaw in the way oh. they looked at America's oh. founding. Sorry, sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah, no, they
1: had several flaws. Uh, one, obviously, is placing the beginning of the country in 1619. Uh, they did this for a, a, a reason. They wanted to deceive. They wanted to say America is you know has has a, a bad birth certificate that we begin with evil um, america is not i mean america hasn 't been perfect uh but but that is something that he, in fact they went back on the new york Times then backed off from that claim uh the other one uh was to say and this was really a whopper uh this to say that the colonists had fought the revolution because they were afraid that Britain, the mother country was going to do away with the, uh, the institution of slavery. Uh, The problem with that is that they had no, no backup for that. The the, the historians from all walks of life from the right and the left went after them and say, you know, this is like, like, like the, the death of Jesus Christ. This is an event, the founding that has been written about a lot. There's a lot of evidence about this. Uh, show us any evidence in any sermon in any writing in any speech in any document that this is the case, and they had i think a, 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 an article uh, written in in a South carolina newspaper and, 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 and a revisionist historian who had written about this. This was laughable it was it was a howler if it would be a howler had it not been so bad such a, such a libel. And this is the New York Times. I mean, we can't say enough bad things about this attempt. No country has done this to itself except for the tyranny, the communist tyrannies of Pol Pot, Fidel Castro, the Bolsheviks. They came along and tried to smear what had happened in the past uh, because they wanted to implement a new blueprint. But no sane, healthy country has done this to itself, and Americans have to be very clear about this, that the people trying to do this to us, to smear our history, to smear our sense of who we are, are the equivalent because they share the same ancestor of Pol Pot and Castro right. and the Bolsheviks.
0: And, and, and those did not have good outcomes. Uh, and that's why no. we've got to, to step in. And, of course, President Trump, former President Trump, did that by executive order, created the 1776 Commission, which I found very interesting that one of the first things that Joe Biden did, one of the first things he did when he got into the Oval Office was to rescind that executive order. It was the first thing the he report. did. Is it number? Okay, I know it was at the top. Uh, it takes, takes the report off the White House website, but... The commission has continued to meet. You guys have continued to do the work. Tell, tell folks what's going on. We're sworn commissioners of the United
1: States. We meet. We communicate with each other. We are going to be traveling. We are letting the American people know that our target is now CRT, critical race theory, which is, yes, an academic uh, discipline, but also a call to action, a call to as- action for revolution, a call to action to do exactly what you and I have been discussing here on this show. And and uh, the American people, by the way, one of the features of the American people that, that social scientists and foreign visitors have always noted is, is, is that Americans are exceptionally attached to liberty. Many people have actually found this to be a fault. Uh, you know, um, Lewis Hart found it to be a fault. Herbert Marcuse, obviously a critical theorist, found it to be a fault. Um, but whether you find it to be a fault or not, we are, uh, exceptionally attached to liberty. So the American people are, are looking at this because once it leaves the campus, uh, in 2020, after the BLM induced mayhem of, in the country, and it begins to enter our schools, it begins to enter some military, the houses of God, it enters our workplaces. It, it attempts to take over everything. The American people say, no, 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 no. What is this? This does not accord with my understanding of my country, of who we are, of who I am, of who my family is. Uh, we're good people. And as I say again, this needs to be emphasized, it is, it is not healthy. It is not healthy societies that try to tell themselves we're bad and evil and need right. to change everything. Only tyrants do that.
0: Well, very quickly, Mike, before we run out of time, we've got about a minute left. Um, how do parents in particular, I want to focus on the school's, Give us the top three or four things that they need to be looking for, questions they need to be asking to uncover the CRT. They need to – I've written about
1: this. It's on heritage.org. Uh, they need to be looking at whether as students are being taught, taught that racism is not an individual act, an individual sin, that it's systemic and structural and institutional. That is, that is critical race theory, that meritocracy is a myth, Uh, That is critical race theory, that what we need is equity, not equality. Uh, Equity is the opposite of equality in this corrupted CRT sense. Uh, equity means that the government must treat us all unequally, uh, whereas equality says, uh, according to race, by the way, uh, equality says the opposite. So anything that teaches equity over equality is CRT. And and if the teacher or the principal or the school board member or HR says no, you can call, you can say no. That is not. It is.
0: Well, Mike, we're going to post your, uh, your piece that you wrote for The Daily Signal on this. We're going to uh, post this on the website, uh, TonyPerkins.com, so people can see it. We've got a lot of interest in parents across the country on this issue, and we, uh, we want to get them prepared for when the kids go back uh, to school. Uh, Mike Gonzalez, thanks so much for joining us. Great conversation. Look forward to having you back on again. Thank you, and happy 4th. Same to you, my friend. All right, folks, I mean, you heard it. What what we're doing here, it's like nation side, uh, you know, suicide of a nation, that we're allowing this stuff, and we have to stand up against it and push back. All right, on the other side of the break, Dr. Ben Carson joins us, also a member of the 1776 Commission. We're going to continue our conversation. I hope you'll stay with us.
2: Get your news? Do you have confidence you're getting the full truth? If you want to stay up to date on conservative news and are looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged, then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources such as our most recent radio programs, social media posts, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the app store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. Stay informed with a trusted source. Again, search Stand Firm to download the Stand Firm app.
4: As the political and cultural landscape of our nation has shifted in a concerning direction, it is so important for Christians to be equipped with biblical answers for the difficult questions of our time. That is why Family Research Council created our Biblical Worldview series. With the political left changing definitions to favor their narrative and to push their agenda, at times it can be hard to decipher what is true. That is why we must hold to the truth of the Bible, which stands the test of time. It holds the truth that does not change. Become equipped to stand firm in the face of cultural and political storms with FRC's Biblical Worldview series. This series dives deep into what the Bible says about some of the most crucial issues of our day. You'll learn what the Bible teaches on abortion, same-sex marriage, the separation of church and state, religious freedom, and the age-old question, should Christians be involved in politics? To access this series, visit frc.org slash worldview. That's FRC.org slash Worldview.
0: Well, happy Fourth of July. I know we celebrated it yesterday, but the celebration continues. In fact, uh, I think the celebration of our freedom. Uh, should continue year-round and obviously are vigilant in protecting that freedom. And that's really what we're talking about today as we compare two diametrically opposed views of our nation's founding. You know, we've got the New York Times 1619 Project, and then we have the 1776 Commission, which was launched by, uh, by President uh, Trump. Now, I, I should have done this earlier on because... I don't want you to think that I'm just creating this narrative. I want to play a clip, a sound clip, from uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones. She's a professor at UNC. And this was at the, uh, I believe, the launch of the uh, 1619 Project. They live-streamed this announcement. This was in August of 2019. And I want you to hear, I want you to hear it in her own words.
1: This project is above all else an attempt to set the record straight to finally, in this 400th year, to tell the truth about who we are as a people and who we are as a nation.
0: Here, I, as I said, for 245 years, we've been celebrating the wrong birthday. How did people get it wrong for so long? Well, here's a clip of uh, President Trump and his announcement of the 1776 Commission to combat What we were just talking about earlier with Michael, uh, with uh, Mike Gonzalez, about the CRT in our schools and universities, and the the two are intertwined. So here's uh, here's President Trump.
5: Students in our universities are inundated with critical race theory. This is a Marxist doctrine holding that America is a wicked and racist nation. That even young children are complicit in oppression and that our entire society must be radically transformed.
0: And now we're pleased to welcome back to the program Dr. Ben Carson. As you all know, Dr. Carson is a renowned pediatric neurosurgeon and former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development with the Trump administration. And he was also a part of the 1776 Commission, and he's a great friend and a real patriot Uh, Dr. Carson, welcome back to Washington Watch.
5: Thank you. Always good to be with you, Tony. I'm so glad that you're emphasizing uh, this program uh, and these programs and the contradistinction between them because uh, the only thing that I feel that can really destroy our country right now is us. You know, it's not Russia or China or North Korea. It's us. And uh, if we allow the seeds of discord to be sown, uh, that's exactly what will happen. Jesus said it first. "A house divided against itself cannot stand, reemphasized by Abraham Lincoln. And when you look at this 1619 uh, project, uh, it basically is an attempt to rewrite history completely uh, and focus everything around slavery. Now, I will readily admit that slavery is evil and horrible. Uh, but it 's been around since there have been societies, and it 's still around today and I think we ought to be working very hard to get rid of it
0: Dr. Carson in part was the ability of the New York Times in the sixteen nineteen project their ability to openly blatantly rewrite history. Was that possible because we don 't know our history and because we 're not teaching our children what our history really is, good and bad?
5: Uh, that's, that's part of it. A, a lot of people really don't know their history. Part of the uh, purpose of the 1776 Commission is to get people to actually read the Declaration of Independence. You'd be amazed at how many Americans have never read it. It's a short document. It's easy to do. Uh, the same thing with the Constitution. And yet I believe that these are documents that were divinely inspired, and they make it very clear that our rights are derived from God and not from government. Government is there to protect those rights, but they are given to us by God. And uh, we seek those godly principles uh, associated with the Judeo-Christian Foundation of loving your neighbor, not canceling your neighbor, of allowing people to lead their lives as they see fit to worship as they see fit, as long as those things are not interfering with the lives of other people. But 1776 is really there to make sure that people have the ammunition that they need. And that ammunition is based on education and knowing what really did take place in our country and not allowing others to reinterpret that. And, you know, the fact that, uh, the 1619 Project says that black people and people of color in this nation are severely oppressed and that white people are responsible for all that. Uh, stop and think about it for a moment. Why should we be judging people on the basis of something they have no control over?
0: Dr. Carson, uh, you might hear that music. We're up against the break. We're going to come back and uh, continue the conversation. And one thing I want you to do, you were talking about the 1776 uh, commission, but you were talking about uh, really our founding and our understanding that we've been celebrated for 245 years, and God played a key role in that. We're endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. What role does God have in the 1619 project? Is he even recognized? We'll talk about that. And then also, I know you're you're a brain surgeon, but I want to, anything that you discovered in the 1776 commission for the first time as you looked at America's history. Any surprises for you? We're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. So folks, don't go away. We're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Ben Carson next here on Washington Watch. So don't go away.
6: Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday by tuning into Washington Watch on the American Family Radio Network, Bot Radio, the KTLW Radio Network, and independent Christian radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com.
4: Since the Supreme Court decided Roe v. Wade in 1973, over 60 million people are now missing from our country due to legalized abortion. Public opinion our knowledge of law and scientific advancements demonstrate that Roe should by no means be considered settled law. Roe is an abomination in our country's history, and it's time for the horrendous practice of legalized abortion to end. To learn more about the legal, historical, and cultural reasons to overturn Roe v. Wade, go to frc.org Roe.
7: The Equality Act sounds like good legislation and something that ought to have bipartisan support, but it doesn't. Why? Because the Equality Act, paradoxically, would spur inequality. It is Trojan horse legislation that would hinder equality and would massively overhaul our federal civil rights framework. The stated purpose of the bill is to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex, gender identity, and sexual orientation. The real effect of this bill would not be to eliminate discrimination, but to erase the freedom to hold a different opinion. The Equality Act would mandate government-imposed inequality by requiring acceptance of a particular ideology about sexual ethics, while leaving no room for legitimate public debate. Simply put, the Equality Act mandates an anti-life, anti-family, and anti-faith agenda throughout federal law and would be a disaster for all Americans. To learn more about the inequality of the Equality Act, visit FRC.org
6: equalityact Equality Act. Since June of 2015, over 12,000 Christians have been killed in Nigeria. This violence has reached a point at which experts are warning of a progressive genocide specifically targeting Christians across Africa's largest and most economically powerful nation. Yet this violence often goes unreported in the media and, if reported, is seriously downplayed. To learn more about what is actually taking place in Nigeria, along with other countries where Christians face persecution, visit FRC.org slash Nigeria.
2: Did you know that Planned Parenthood is the biggest abortion supplier in the U.S.? According to Planned Parenthood's most recent annual report, it committed 354,871 abortions in fiscal year 2019, up by over 9,000 abortions since 2018. According to these numbers, Planned Parenthood aborted 972 babies every single day. To learn more about what Planned Parenthood is really doing, visit frc.org slash Planned Parenthood Facts.
0: Welcome back, everyone. This is Tony Perkins. You're listening to Washington Watch. As we celebrate, we continue the celebration of our July 4th uh, weekend as we celebrate 245 years of uh, of freedom. Not a perfect nation. Uh, We've made a lot of mistakes, but through prayer, participation, we can continue to move America forward. My guest, Dr. Ben Carson, former secretary of the Department of uh, Housing and Urban Development, and also a member of the President's 1776 Commission. Uh, Dr. Carson, right there before the break, uh, you you know so uh, accurately went into our understanding of the founding and God's role, according to our founding documents, not according to our spin, but what the documents themselves say, that we're endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights, so God played a very key role, and of course, as Christians, you know, we celebrate our history, and we want to make sure we don't lose that understanding of God's uh, providence upon this nation. What in the seven, in the in the nine, in the sixteen nineteen project that the New York Times uh, you know is promoting, it, it, does God factor in at all in that uh, project and their view of our history?
5: No, God does not factor in there, nor does godly principles of loving your neighbor, of caring about the poor, about doing the things that should be done. And, uh, you know, when you think about it, in our nation, not only is God prominently mentioned in our founding document, but it's also in our pledge. We are one nation under God. Many courtrooms on the wall, it says, in God we trust. Every coin in our pocket, every bill in our wallet says, in God we trust. So is it all a big lie or are we being led away from our foundational principles by those who want to make us feel that we need to be woke?
0: I I think it's the latter uh, without, uh, (laughs) without question. Now, uh, Dr. Carson, I I know you well, and I know your story well, Uh, you're a very well-read man, but so I just want to ask you, as you delved into the documents, you were part of the 1776 Commission and, and you were having some really good conversations. I know who all was on the commission, some really bright people. Any surprises for you in this process?
5: I think the thing that perhaps surprised me the most was when I learned that there's actually more slavery in the world today than there was when the Emancipation Proclamation came forth. Uh, and it's a serious, serious problem particularly the sexual slavery that has uh, increased dramatically over the last few months at our southern border because it's so easy to capture uh, those children. And uh, we need to be extraordinarily concerned about that, but also the pervasiveness of slavery throughout human history. And, you know, if you're going to go back and try to rectify uh, slavery and talk about reparations, where does it end? Where, where do you start and, and where does it end? It's a continuum throughout American and world history. So I, I think we really need to start looking forward rather than backwards. We can learn from things that have happened in the past, but we need to be talking about the things that made America into the greatest nation on the face of the earth. It was our belief systems, our ability to work together. And there were there were contributions by everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 1619 project tries to make you think that America was built on the backs of just the slaves. Uh, people of African descent contributed a lot. There's no question about that. You know, you look at your shoes. There was Jan Motziger, a black man who invented the automatic shoe lasting machine, which revolutionized the shoe industry. Uh, You take a a, a phrase like, that's the real McCoy. That was because of Elijah McCoy, a black man who invented the automatic lubrication system for locomotive engines, invented so many things, people would say, is that a McCoy? Is that the real McCoy? You know, I could go on for a long time uh, with things that the African people of African descent contributed. But tell you, I can also do that for people of any uh, background in this country. And that's what made us straight because we were the United States. We made right. mistakes. We learned from them. We moved forward.
0: Yeah, that's so good. So important. I, I don't want to chase this rabbit, but I just have to point this out as you're talking about the the slavery in and in a large part of this in the human trafficking that's taking place in our uh, world today. And even in our own borders here in the United States of America is, is the sex trade uh, is driven by uh, sexual uh, appetites, sexual immorality. And I just have to say, you know, when, when you want to push God and morality out of our founding and out of who we are, and we have no moral boundaries, you're going to get more of that. And what brought America forward, I believe, and, and as you said, no one can dispute the fact that we, we are a nation that, that had a lot of things wrong, but we've, for the most part, been progressing toward a more, that more perfect union.
4: Yeah. And,
0: and I would challenge anyone to refute the fact that morality, biblical morality, that Judeo-Christian ethic played a key role in that. When you look at uh, the abolition movement, When you look at the civil rights movement, it was at the core of it.
5: Well, you know, Alexis de Tocqueville came to America to study our nation because the Europeans were just so fascinated. How could this fledgling nation be doing so incredibly well? And, you know, he wrote the two-volume set, Democracy in America, and analyzed everything. But uh, at the end of the book, he said, you know, he was so impressed by what came from the pulpits in America And how that gave the people the foundation that they needed to be able to accomplish so much. And he said, America is great because America is good. Mm -hmm. And if America ever stops being good, she will cease to be great. I think he was spot on.
0: Absolutely. Um, And, you know, that's why when the president, former President Trump, talking about making America great again, it had to restore that moral foundation of moral goodness in order for us to reach the greatness uh, that uh, he challenged us toward. I, I want to talk about the commission for just a moment. And in, in, in President Biden rescinded the Trump administration's executive order on 1776. In fact, he was talking with Mike uh, Gonzalez, and he said it was the first thing he did. He revoked it, rescinded that. Um, but here's what he said. He said the findings of the commission were counterfactual.
5: What was your reaction when you heard that? Uh, It's what I expect to hear from the left. Uh, They want to rewrite our history. They want to write it the way that is consistent with their ideology. And uh, so it didn't surprise me in the slightest that that would be one of the first targets they would employ. Uh, we have to work very hard to change that. That's one of the reasons that we started the Little Patriots program. Uh, We just got a huge donation from that last night, by the way. Uh, But that's going to, to really be able to give our young people a true perspective on our history. It is something to be incredibly proud of. The things that we were able to overcome to allow this nation to ascend to the heights are absolutely amazing. And you look at things like World War II, where all of our young men from everywhere went to fight to preserve freedom in the world. And at the same time, our young women went into the factories and built more airplanes, tanks, and mortars than anybody could even imagine. And it was that strength aided by our faith in God that allowed us to overcome the axis powers of evil.
0: Yeah, I think what the world would look like uh, had America not been able to do that. And I think you're absolutely right. I think it was the it was the common a common ethic, a common faith, the judeo-christian foundation that provided for the unity. I mean, when you look at what happened in World War II where America came together, it's really like the the account of Nehemiah in the Bible mm-hmm. where they rebuilt the wall in a remarkable period of time, 52 days. Because the people had a heart to work, uh, they right. were unified, and that I think is going back to what you said earlier that America's greatest threat is from within as we essentially dissolve we we, we come apart uh, rather than being out of the many one we see this pulling apart, and that makes us vulnerable
5: absolutely and and that's the reason that we're working so hard to educate people. Uh, about our founding documents, about our founding principles, about what we have actually accomplished uh, as a nation and how we did it together. And uh there's so much good going on in this nation, so much to be proud of. You know, I can tell you as a youngster, you know, growing up, there were was, was so many people who said you can't make it in this society because of all these things. And then I had a mother who just said, forget about all that stuff go to the library and read books. And as I read about scientists, explorers and surgeons and entrepreneurs, I began to see what it really took to be successful. And that the person who had the most to do with what happened to you is you. It's not somebody else. Doesn't mean that there aren't obstacles, but you can sit there and you can obsess over the obstacles or you can overcome them. And the people who have been wildly successful are the ones who see the hurdles as a mechanism to strengthen them for the next one.
0: So do you see, still see America as the land of opportunity where, you know, really your future is what you make of it?
5: Absolutely. And and that is the reason that you have caravans of people trying to get in here. <laughs> they wouldn't be trying to get in here if they were coming to be persecuted. I really don't think so. and I think people know better than that.
0: But you you're absolutely right. But nonetheless, the left gets by with this narrative aided by the media that repeats it. And I I, I do think it goes back to the issue of education. I think, number one, our education system has failed our students when it comes to who America really is, our past, um, our present and even our our future. And so I I want you to talk a little bit
5: more. What's that? I want to emphasize. I want to emphasize that point on education. Go, go, yeah, go Be- right ahead. Because the group in America that has the highest per capita and family income are Nigerians. Now, if you know any Nigerians, you know that the baseline for them is a bachelor's degree. They put so much emphasis on education, but it's also interesting that they tend to be black. (laughs) And uh, so if we had a systemically racist country, how could the group that has the highest income be black? That doesn't make any sense, nor does any any of the other things that they say.
0: One other element about the Nigerians that I know, and I know a lot of them, uh, is they also have, many of them,
5: have a very strong faith foundation as well. That's that's correct. And, you know, a lot of people who come here as immigrants do very well. And why do they do so well? Uh, They come here and they say, what? You mean all I got to do is study and work hard? Are you kidding me? And I can be successful? They didn't have that in the places that they came from. Whereas many of the people who are born here, they just cannot see it for the life of them. Where's the opportunity? Somebody's taking my opportunities. I don't have opportunities. It's completely in the way you look at it. And if you take somebody who has the mindset of a victor, you can take everything away from them, put them on the street, and guess what? They'll be successful anyway. They'll climb right back up there. And you can take somebody who has a victim mentality, and you can put them in a penthouse suite. They'll find a way back to the street. Believe me, that's the way it works.
0: And we've got to change the hearts and minds of people. And I think it's a combined effort of education. I think it's also a promotion of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of of, of letting people know, especially our young people, that they are created uniquely in the image of God. Therefore, they have intrinsic value. And I think that's what we've robbed our kids of uh, in our schools today, where we deny there's a God that created them. I mean, that's that's one strike against them, because that's what gives us our value. And and before we run out of time, you know, con- connected to that, the Little Patriots Project, I, I want you, you mentioned it, but tell people a little bit more about it and how they can take advantage of it.
5: Well, please go to the website, uh, AmericanCornerstone.org, and you can actually see some videos of our Little Patriots, four years old, saying the pledge of allegiance to the flag, and they are so proud. And then at the end, they said, hey, God bless America. <laughs> you know, this is, this is what we need to start teaching our young people. And we have lessons for them about faith, about uh, liberty, about community, about life. While all of those things are so important. And we want them to value their fellow Americans, value the people who are around them, and not denigrate and despise them. And uh, the best thing to do is to start teaching them that early on. You know, yes. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. And, uh, you know, it's a variation on on what uh, Lennon said. Give me your children for four years, and the seeds that I plant will never be uprooted.
0: Yeah, uh, so true. Dr. Ben Carson Always great to talk with you. Thanks so much for uh,
5: spending time with us today. Thank you for dwelling on this incredibly important topic. Appreciate it. God bless your time. Look forward to seeing you again soon.
0: Dr. Ben Carson, find out more about the work they're doing. And I I highly recommend the Little Patriots initiative that he's doing. It's a part of the, you know, the worldview that we've been talking about, you know, between the ages of uh, 13 months and 13 years. That's when our kids need to be exposed to this. And as parents, it's our obligation. All right, folks, hope you have a tremendous rest of your Fourth of July weekend. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, found in Ephesians 6, where he says, When you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand, by all means, keep standing.